Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Daytona Speed Week Radio, presented by Advent Health, and we are live from the UNOH Fan Zone on SpeedWeekRadio.com. We're at Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida. It is 70 degrees on a mostly sunny day, and it is 12.02 Eastern Time, two minutes after the hour, wherever you are listening to us across America on SpeedWeekRadio.com. I'm Mark Erickson, alongside Godwin P. Kelly and Ken Willis of the Daytona Beach News Journal. We're going to get right underway we are honored to have as a live guest here this afternoon Edsel Ford II, the great-grandson of Henry Ford, the son of Henry Ford II, uh, <laughs> part and parcel to Ford Motor Company, active in, in many things to do with not only Ford Motor Company and dealer relations, but Ford Motorsports. You're a former board uh, of director member of International Speedway Corporation, which means you get in here for free, which is kind of <laughs> handy. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. As a retired director, I probably, probably, I probably do get in for free. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Ford, it's truly a pleasure to meet you, and I'm, I'm trying to find a frame of reference for the rest of us. Your very name is both iconic and, and historic. What's a day in the life of Edsel Ford II like? Well, it's a, that's an interesting question because, of course, it always depends on where I am. You know, if I'm at Daytona, my day looks different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm in Detroit, my day looks different. So it really depends on where I am. But uh, uh, my wife keeps on reminding me, we've been married for 44 years, and she reminds me that she never married me for lunch. <laughs> so um, I need to be busy all the time. <laughs> need to get you out of the house. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, sir, if it's all right with you, I'm going to kind of step back, and I think the rest of us will, too, and, and let you have a, a conversation with uh, Godwin Kelly and Ken Willis. What is the... Uh the Daytona 500. You've been coming down here for this event often, I would assume. Yes. And just describe what it does for you, the vibe of it after all these years and what it means for somebody so deeply on the inside of the industry as you are. I mean, just do you feel – does it make you feel like a kid again when you're here or just what – what? Just explain your personal vibe and why you like it or maybe why you don't like it. If yeah. that's okay. You know, I have been here a lot, and, um, you know, it's always about the end of the race. You know, it's the last 15 laps, um, which are always the most exciting for me. And for the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years maybe, I've been sitting on the Wood Brothers pit box. So um, I I like being in the heat of the action, um, and I always feel very comfortable, and they, they make me feel comfortable. So it's a great place to watch the race, And, and uh, but I am like a kid. And, and I will tell you... Um, I've wanted Mustang in, in cup racing for a long time. Once I knew that Chevrolet was going to race their Camaro in the cup-level races, um, I, I I really thought Mustang would be the right vehicle to, to bring at the top level. And, and it's proven me right. It, it, it's a great-looking race car. People are now talking about winning in a Mustang. Uh, and, and so it enhances Ford Motor Company, enhances the Mustang brand. Um, and it does so much more for us than quite frankly, racing a fusion did. Will the people watching across the world tomorrow, watching at home, 
will they will they be treated to a lot of Mustang promotions throughout the race? Do you think? Or, yeah, that's or a, does that, the race serve <laughs> as its own promotion? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know what Ford you know marketing has up their sleeve. Um, but I certainly hope so because the race car is a good-looking race car. I've been talking to the drivers; they like the car. Uh, the crew chiefs are excited. Uh, you know, Doug Yates is, has put a really wonderful motor in the car, and so you know we have uh, high anticipation. Well, it's safe to say that you guys still view motorsports as a as a big-time property in terms of pro- its promotional value. Oh no, I think we do. Yeah, no, I said yeah. no. I said, oh yeah. yeah I said, I said, I assume oh, that you do. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I may not have said that. The way my words were going. I'll pay attention the next time you ask. Well, trust me. I've got a, I've got a track record this yeah. weekend. <laughs> That's probably me. Yeah. yeah. No. I. You know. I think. Uh, I think we view this as a as a great opportunity. You know. When we were talking with Roger Penske, um, and Roger races Mustangs for us in Australia, and so now, and and Bob Tasca races Mustangs in drag racing. You know, there's Mustang in, in Xfinity, there's Mustang in Cup. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, finally this brand um, is, is going to be the racing car for Ford Motor Company, and I think that's terrific. Well, before we uh, start 2019, can you uh, talk about 2018? and what, you, you guys just had an exceptional year, and I, I didn't see it coming. I don't know what the difference was. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, I'm, you know, we we had a very good race car, and you know, a lot of this I think has to do with Doug Yates and and Roush Yates engines, and and um, you know, all the work that we've done with him, and and the quality of the cars that that are being put on the track. Uh, you know, we have some really great teams, and and the quality of the vehicles that are prepared and put on the racetrack are exceptional. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that, that 2019 will be as good as 18. I mean, you know, if you watch the duels like I did, you know, I mean, to have uh, Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano win both duels and Mustangs behind them, it was pretty exciting. So I've been a, I've been around for a while here, Edsel, and uh, I remember back in 1992 when you had three cars running for the championship. One of the three Fords is going to win the championship. There's nobody else. And then at the uh, at the award ceremony, you gave a powerful speech. <laughs> Do you remember that? At the I don't. <laughs> well, I'm glad it was powerful. It was powerful, and uh, and you were very um, passionate uh, about you know Ford's involvement in racing, and I think we've seen a resurgence with the Blue Oval guys. Because of the Ford GT program, uh, obviously drag racing, now NASCAR, you know, NASCAR's the defending champion. Um, does this go in cycles, or are you thinking that you can maintain this momentum now? Well, I hope that we've started building the momentum in 17, and we took it to a new level in 18, and, and um, you know, I hope we can maintain it. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm interested in is sports car racing as well. Um, you know, we've had a long talk with Chip about what's next. Um, we're going to hopefully take four cars to Le Mans this year, four GTs. And, um, you know, that's the, that's the last year of sports car racing for the Ford GT. So we've got to figure out, you know, what's next there. Um, what do we do with Rallycross in Europe? I mean, uh, you know, there's lots of... It, it, I look at, at motor racing kind of holistically in the sense that there's lots of things we do. 
Um, and how do we support Bob Tasca? I mean, I you know I look at the new car. It spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel. Uh, Bob's pretty happy with it. Uh, we've done a lot of motor work this year on his engine. So, you know, and, and it's a Mustang. And so it's um, it's exciting, and I, I see the water rising. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and I read the fans. I read my emails. I read uh, all the NASCAR fan mail, and um, I think the fans are behind us. I know our employees are, um, and most importantly, senior management has to pay for this. Uh, and and to a to a person, I think the very top level of management at Ford Motor Company likes motor racing. Well, that's good. That's a good thing for everybody in racing because you, the Chevy Ford thing is. You know, that's, that's a point of sale, especially in NASCAR, Chevy versus Ford. And I'd love to, uh, I hated when Dodge left. Uh, I'd love to see some more manufacturers in here. I don't know how you feel about that, but. They'll be back soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I, to me, it would be good for the sport to have other manufacturers involved here. I don't know what your what's your take. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I I think we'd all be very happy to have Dodge come back. Um, you know, they were a worthy competitor. I mean, I remember. I'm old enough to remember the old Trans Am days, and and everyone was there in Trans Am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, American Motors, Dodge, um, Chevrolet. You know, we had we had uh, Mercury Cougars, and we had Ford Mustangs, and you know, everyone was there, and it made the sport, I think, exciting. Yeah. And I agree with you 100%. I think the more, the, the better, and, and uh, it just, again, as I said, it raises the water level. Yeah. Do you have an all-time favorite driver in any series, any particular, your all-time favorite racer? I do. My great-grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> now, that it's But, become... you know, that's a really good story. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know I, the story. I do not. Oh. Okay. So, so the story the story has it that Henry Ford started to uh, uh, try to figure out how he's going to raise more money for his companies. And someone said, you ought to go motor racing. And uh, Henry said, well, how do I do that? And they said, well, his engineers at the time said, we'll build you a, a, a race car called Sweepstakes. Uh, and uh, so the race in, in October 10th of 1901 really was Alexander Winton, who was a, a big dealer. Uh, and, and he had a race car in Henry Ford. Uh, and uh, and it was the only race my great grandfather was ever in, and he won it. Really? Yeah. Was it down here? Was it here? No, no, no. It was in, in Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, did he ever bring it? Do you know if he ever brought cars to Daytona for the speed runs back in the early <laughs> I 1900s? I think he was dead. Oh no, I'm talking about in the early 1900s when they used to come down here. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, because I know I Ransom Olds so. and Vanderbilt. And yeah, those guys. they all came yeah. down here and raced on the beach, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But they were smart enough to put somebody else in the car. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, my great-grandfather was the same way. That was the first and only time he ever raced. Good move. Uh, but, that, but that sort of was a, a signature story of Ford. Is It was racing that helped propel Ford into the forefront of American automobiles. Yes, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it... You know, Henry won the race in 1901, and we we, uh, we uh, became a company in 1903. And many of us, including me, believe that that the DNA of Ford Motor Company really started when Henry Ford won that race. Um, so it's very much a part of who we are. Do you think NASCAR could get back to where? I assume you're bullish on motorsports still and NASCAR. Uh, do you think it w- any chance that the Gen 7 car might help bring back some us versus them? Ford versus Chevy versus Toyota versus because if you if you look back at the history back during the early growth period of NASCAR it was a lot of 
that was a lot of the uh, fan base was, I'm a Chevy guy, I'm a Ford guy, uh, you know, I'm a Plymouth guy, whatever. Is there any chance the Gen 7 car might rekindle a little bit of that, or do you think those days are are over? You know, I'm, I'm surprised you asked me that because I think we're there today. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you walk around, I mean, I walk around a lot of NASCAR racetracks, and, you know, people are wearing Ford t-shirts and Chevrolet t-shirts and Jeff Gordon t-shirts and Brad Kozlowski t-shirts, and, no, I think this this Ford versus Chevrolet, and then but we, we're not quite sure what to do with Toyota. So. That's what I, I was about to say. I, I sense that it's more of a, that's, that's the sense I get. If there's any manufacturer wars out there, it's, it's us against Toyota. Is everybody yeah. against Toyota? Seems to, seems oh, I don't it, know so. about that. They're all worthy competitors, and, and uh, you know, but as we talked earlier, I, I really think it would be great to have more manufacturers involved. Yeah. It just makes for better racing, Oh, because the Rolex weekend down here is just amazing, and it's largely because of all the manufacturer involvement. The midway out there in the infield with all those little uh, – the name, I'm forgetting the name of what they call those little right. – uh, those big uh, portable booths that they put up for the weekend, you know, their little, little dealerships that they put up out there. And that adds so much to the atmosphere. It gives everybody something to do, and it's, it's exciting. The display that uh, I believe it was Mercedes had out here this year with the car going up and down the ramp. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. And, I th- and, again, like you said, the more of those you have, the more it adds to the entire atmosphere. Yeah, and, and yeah but a, I think you'd agree with me that what you saw was really global, a global automotive representation that absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. I think here. 17 of them, I yeah, think. Totally, everyone's yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, well. So, the uh, you know, right now we're in a, you know, it's – kind of a strange time because like in the news business the news business is changing obviously i used to write news stories now i'm on a pop-up streaming radio <laughs> with ken willis um so you know it's this rapid evolution are you feeling that in the automobile industry too i i think it's moving incredibly quickly uh, much more quickly than i would have ever thought uh, you know, and we, we, I talk with friends of mine about, you know, electrification of automobiles and how quickly that's coming uh, and, and autonomous vehicles. And, and um, you know, my grandchildren, I think, will see lots of autonomous vehicles. I mean, I may not, but my grandchildren will. Uh, and so it's the industry is changing incredibly rapidly. Well, see, Henry Ford was a guy that basically helped change society. Thomas Edison was a guy that helped, you know, those that yep. that group of people. And I think we've got a new group of those kind of people that are, like, forcing change uh, rapidly. And, and we're, everybody's trying to deal with it now. Um, but I, is that good or bad, you know? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll know in 20 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of hard to tell. You know, I bet you, I bet you, a hundred years ago, when when people like Henry Ford started bringing you know the Model T to the masses, you know, what did people think back then? I mean, this guy's crazy. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, what's what, he doing? What am I going to do with this horse? <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, is there a used car market for horses? <laughs> you know, so I think I think we're going through it all over again. It just looks different. Yeah, yeah, it's you know. crazy. It doesn't bother you that uh, when you read the stories about. You hear some about so many 16, 17-year-old kids that don't drive, don't want to get a driver's license, and we're becoming. You hear th- that we're becoming less and less of a car culture, and I don't know if you believe that or not, or how do you fight that if that is something that's real? You know, I, I've had the same discussion about the city of Detroit. 
because everyone's moving into Detroit. It's become a vogue city and everyone likes Detroit. I mean, there's a new restaurant going up every week. There are new apartment buildings. People are moving into Detroit and people say to me, well, you know, all these new young kids that are moving into Detroit, they'll never have driver's licenses. I said, you know what? You're wrong because what's going to happen is they're going to get married, they're going to have children, and they're going to move to the suburbs. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to need a driver's license when you move to the suburbs. Yes. <laughs> That's a good time. Good time to open a uh, driver's school. Yeah. 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 Bad thing. yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Probably would be a hell of a good time. Yeah. yeah. Learn how to drive. <laughs> now I got bad news for you, Edsel. Uh oh. Uh, in 2014, my wife and I bought the brand new uh, uh, Ford SUV Escape with the EcoBoost engine, yeah. turbo powered. Yeah. And the thing has not given us any problems. We don't plan on upgrading. Your your stuff you're making is just too good. That's good. Dude. Can you yeah. can you throttle it back? And uh, <laughs> no. Another sale the interesting thing is to watch the technology eke into our standard cars, um, like uh, you know reverse sensing and reverse park, and um, all this new technology we're bringing into our cars today. Um, so when the autonomous car comes, people will be used to it. Right. Um, so it's an exciting time. I mean, talking to our engineers about these things like self-park. I had a I had a, a Ford engineer take me through a self-park the other day. He said, I want you to get out of the car, and I'm going to get out. And somehow, by by use of a telephone, he tells his car to go park in the garage. And this car went, it, it, there wasn't a garage, but it, but it was a demonstration. I'm going, oh my God, you mean you, you go to a restaurant, you get out of the car, go park yourself. Wow. I mean, and the car goes away, and then and then you can call it back. <laughs> I mean, it's the technology is really exciting. What am I going to do with my driver and butler, though? Yeah, if I have yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a problem. And when you have autonomous cars, can you? Is there a built-in feature? Is who will your wife bitch at yeah. when you have an autonomous? She'll car? have more time with you. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> hey, gonna, we're going to have to reinvent the back. anymore, dear. I have to concentrate on driving. <laughs> we're going to have to reinvent the back seat. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Ford, can't ask you about your favorite racer. Very quickly, let, let me ask you. Uh, I know the answer is going to be Ford, but if you had to pick a, a model and a year, do you have a favorite Ford? Favorite Ford race car? Uh, or just Ford, a favorite Ford? Favorite Ford street car. I, you know, I have four boys, and, um, you know, I, I, people say, well, you know, which son do you like the best? <laughs> you must be joking. <laughs> so the, the cars themselves are yeah, all your children? You know, I mean, I look at the cars that, that really have made a, a big impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sweepstakes, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Model T. I mean, you think of what the Model T did for America. Uh, and, you know, so th- those are my favorite cars. Edsel right. Ford II, the great-grandson of Henry Ford and the godfather of Ford Motorsports. Your people tell us that you have other places to be, but I want to thank, thank you so you. much for spending time my with pleasure. us. My pleasure. Thank today. you very much. I enjoyed it. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.